Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael De Silva, and I am your host for episode 25. In this episode, we will be hearing from Josh Smith. Josh will be concluding his message on the subject, The Battle Inside. If you missed it, you can find part one of his message by listening to episode 24. Hello and welcome to the second part of this series of podcasts that are dealing specifically with an internal battle of anxiety. And uh, in the last episode, in the, in the previous podcast, we dealt specifically with what anxiety is and where it comes from. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to flip the script on that and we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say on anxiety. How do we deal with it? And that includes how we deal with it practically, but also how we deal with it spiritually. And we're going to read some verses from Philippians chapter 4. Before we do that, though, I'd like to share with you just a little bit of my story. I shared in the previous podcast that uh, I, I come at this from a professional standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint. And I'd like to just briefly, in a minute or two, share with you what I mean by that. When I was 32, I had a, a diagnosis of cancer that was very shocking. I felt very good and didn't really have many symptoms. And when I went into the doctor and found out that I had cancer, it was very abrupt. I could tell <clears throat> that something wasn't right from the conversations with the doctor. And then uh, in a very short period of time, I had surgery. Uh, the scan came back that it had gone nowhere else. But then six months later, on a routine scan, uh, they found a lymph node in my abdomen that was infected. I had just run a half marathon the weekend before, and so again, it was a shocking diagnosis. At this point, more than just surgery was needed, I had to do chemotherapy. And that was uh, pretty smooth sailing until close to the end when I had a, a reaction to some of the medicine they were giving me and had some scarring in my lungs, and that was... Uh, quite traumatic, but thankfully, thankful to God that the chemotherapy did work. And uh, unfortunately, four years later, I was diagnosed with a different kind of cancer, a totally separate kind. Again, it was a pretty traumatic uh, experience. I was having some stomach pain. I would say more than some stomach pain, it was pretty significant. And I went into the emergency room and they did a scan and uh, I can still see the the doctor coming back in the emergency room and hearing him say that they had found a tumor in my colon and that I would need to stay in the hospital. And I was there for five days, followed by a colonoscopy and followed by a, a surgery to remove the colon cancer, and then to follow that up with several more rounds of a different kind of chemotherapy. So that was traumatic for me. And now it seems that every time... I have even the smallest symptom, whether it's an ache or a pain, um, or just a variety of different things, uh, panic and worry and anxiety seems to come on uh, pretty quickly. It quickly spirals into um, almost an obsessive thought where I, I can't clear my mind of always being anxious about some sort of uh, severe uh, uh terrible illness that's going to come upon me. Um, and so in going to the doctors and, and doing some counseling, they, they did diagnose me, as I shared last time, with PTSD and also some 
generalized anxiety disorder, specifically relating to my health. Now, you might say that sounds reasonable, and it is, and many cancer survivors deal with that. Um, but it, it, I share that story because I want you to know that I understand what it is to experience significant anxiety, and so much to the point that um, I, you know, doctors are agreeing that even now I might have some symptoms that are uh, are caused simply by the anxiety that my body is sending me signals that I have something wrong with me that are not even actually there. So that's the that's how much it can affect a person and that's what I think is beneficial to help us understand. Now what I'd like to do is share and read some verses from from the Bible in Philippians chapter 4 starting in verse 3 and uh, in looking at these verses these are such helpful verses uh, that the Apostle Paul is writing to show us what we can do when when we are in the middle of anxiety and even when we're not dealing with it we can pretty much be assured that at some point we will. All of us listening here today, we will deal with it in some level, on some level. And so to have these verses uh, as something that we have committed to memory and have really allowed to uh, saturate our lives, we can then have a plan on how to deal with it. So let's read these verses together. Philippians 4 and verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We mentioned in the previous podcast that you could research all sorts of good things to do when uh, you're experiencing anxiety. You could look up TED Talks. You could look up what does the Mayo Clinic say? What does the American Counseling Association say? You could come up with good material from there. But in the long run, the reality is when God speaks in his word, it has changing power. The Bible, as you know, is living and powerful. And the scriptures have to do the heavy lifting. It's inspired. Uh, the, the Bible teaches us when Paul writes to Timothy that it's useful in many things. And I can tell you from experience, and so can many other teachers and those who share the word of God, that we can give lectures all day long. We can give presentations on certain topics. But unless it is the word of God that does the heavy lifting, unless it's the word of God that does the work, then it's not going to be something that's as profitable. And so as we look at these verses in Philippians chapter 4, it would be good to go through them. And uh, again, if you want a more detailed exposition or detailed look at these verses, you can go to the Clyde Gospel Hall website and uh, there will be a, a more detailed explanation there. But it would be good if, if even on your own you were to look at these verses and go to a, a website like Bible Study Tools and take a look at what the original Greek words mean in these verses to really gain a deeper understanding of what we are trying to be told or what God is trying to show us in these verses. Philippians 4 and 3 talks about rejoicing in the Lord. 
I find it very interesting. I believe it's Max Lucado who says that thankfulness and worship are incompatible with anxiety. It is almost, in fact, it may be impossible to be thankful and to be worshiping God and also experience anxiety simultaneously or at the same time. And so if when we rejoice in the Lord, it immediately has a positive effect on our anxiety. And that again refers back to something that we talked about in the last podcast, that knowing the Lord is the key. Being a Christian, knowing my sins are forgiven, being saved as the Bible terms it or calls it, is essential. It is the most important point. Without the Lord, without knowing Jesus Christ, there is no real freedom from anxiety. And so that is the starting point. Being a Christian is 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 more and not less. The world wants to tell us it's less, but we know that being a Christian, knowing the Lord Jesus is more and not less. And listen, when we get when we come to this starting point, if we can depend on him for our soul, if we are depending on him for our eternity, and that's what we're saying if we're saved, we we are trusting him with our souls forever and ever then we can certainly do what 1 Peter 5 says, cast our anxieties on him. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and cast your anxieties upon him. Uh, I believe I said it was verse 3 that says rejoice in the Lord. It's actually verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Knowing the Lord is so important. Ed Welch has said anxious and fearful people can easily slip into taking scripture as a pill. Take one passage twice a day for two weeks and your symptoms will be gone. Now, of course, he's not saying don't read, don't go to famous verses. But what he's trying to get at and what he's trying to explain to us is that we need to know the Lord. It's not just that we check a box and say, I've read my scriptures today and I said my prayers and now anxiety will not bother me. But it's through knowing God. It's through having an attitude of prayer and being in a constant prayer and a relationship with him that will keep our lives balanced. And if we look at verse 5, it says, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I believe the King James Version says moderation. Another translation says uh, fairness. And it has one of the, one of the ideas is that it's a, there's a balance. There's a balance there in our lives. And what happens is when we experience anxiety, we get out of balance. We get out of focus. And we need to be rebalanced. You remember when the Lord Jesus, I'm sure you remember in the book of Luke, as he's talking to Martha and he's saying, you are anxious about many things. Many things. It's unbalanced um, in her life. Her life is unbalanced because of the anxiety. When she needs to be doing what Mary is doing, again, that lesson becomes even more clear as we think about how Mary is enjoying the Lord. She's sitting at his feet. And she's doing the things that cannot be taken away from her. And in doing that, it's even better than service. So uh, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. There is a balance to spiritual uh, life. And so when we feel like things are out of control, when we feel like the future is unknown, when we're struggling with the inability to change things, or the feelings that I am alone, the struggle with my own, with our own self-importance, all of these things that cause us anxiety, we turn to the Lord. So many examples in the Psalms where David is crying out. Psalm 142, he's, 
He's saying that he is crying out. He's saying he's using his voice. He's pouring out. He's declaring. He's crying. And listen to what he's thinking in that psalm. It says that he has a complaint, that he has trouble, that he's overwhelmed, that no one acknowledges, that refuge has failed. No one cares. He says, I'm very low. I'm persecuted. I'm weak and in prison. And in all these words he's using, he is, he is telling God about how he feels. Isn't that a great place to start? Is your relationship with God in such a place that you can be honest with him? That when you pray, you're not, you're not just making a presentation, but there is a reality behind it, an authenticity in your relationship. That's, that's going to be one of the main keys in dealing with our anxiety. We're going to look next at verse uh, 6. And in verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do not be anxious seems like such a simple term. It seems like such an easy statement. Just don't be anxious. But if it was that easy, no one would struggle with it. And if you think about the Lord Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he says those same words. He says, do not be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But again, if it was just that simple, I would suggest that maybe he wouldn't need to go into further explanation as he looks at birds and he looks at flowers and he, he begins to show them examples. I think, I think you would agree that one of the most important things in not being anxious is to look at what it says in Philippians chapter four and verse six, and it's interesting to look at those or look at that verse and notice four steps. The first step is that Paul is acknowledging an awareness of his anxiety, an awareness of it. He wouldn't say, "Don't be anxious," if he was if if he didn't realize there was some anxiety there. He wouldn't say, "Don't be." He wouldn't say, "Don't be anxious and pray about things." if there was no anxiety. And so step number one is to be aware that we are experiencing some level of anxiety and then be able to speak to God directly about it like David did. Just speaking it, praying about it, is one of the greatest tools that, are, that God has provided us. To think that we can speak to the God who created everything, to that God who is all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing. Have you stopped recently and paused to just think about this, that that God listens to you? God listens to us when we pray. What an amazing thing that is. So be aware of our anxiety. And then the second step is don't be. Don't be anxious. Make the decision, I'm going to change this, and here's how it's going to happen. Steps two and three happen almost at the same time. So we become aware of our anxiety, step one. Number two, we do what the Bible says. I'm not going to be anxious. And number three, I immediately replace the anxiety and the worry with prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Make your requests, let your requests be made known to God. So step one, we become aware of our anxiety. Step two and three almost go together. We choose not to be anxious. We replace it by praying to God. And then 
it says specifically, supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. What is your request? What are you worried about? What are you anxious about? And like David, to be very straightforward with what's bothering you, with what's worrying you, with what's concerning you more than it should. I'd like to give you a quick piece of homework today. Here's an example of uh, an elder and Bible teacher uh, who has even spoken, uh, taught at conferences. And here is what he says. An, an elder and a Bible teacher frequently experience, experiences panic attacks. He reports waking up in the middle of the night with racing thoughts and restlessness. He's a little apprehensive about reaching out for help because of the stigma that's, that admitting that sort of a problem represents weakness or spiritual immaturity. So your homework is to, on your own time, go back and look at the four steps that we just went over from Philippians 4 and 6 and think about how you would apply that to the situation. Verse 7 talks about God guarding your hearts and your minds. So often, the problem is that we want to fight that battle. We want to know the future. Our anxiety says, what's going to happen? Who's in control? And God is trying to tell us, I know the future. I am in control. And sometimes we try to fight that battle. We want to know. We want to be in control. When God is saying, I will guard your hearts. It's a military term. I will guard your hearts if you let me, if you trust me. And so we need to let God fight that battle. And at that time, the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard our, and will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice it's your heart and your mind. Now, I just want to leave you today with a couple of things to think about from a practical standpoint. We've already talked about how important it is to read the Bible and to pray with the sincerity and an authenticity to, to have and make sure that we're having those quiet times. Referring back to our previous podcast, we talked about social media. And so it's important to take breaks from social media. So number one, make sure you're having your quiet time, praying and just being quiet with God. And that's not easy to do, but you have to commit to it. Number two, take a break from social media. Number three, do all the things that that would make practical sense. Things like getting enough sleep, eating right, and exercise. There are very useful strategies like deep breathing, um, writing out your concerns, talking about it with someone. All those are very practical and good tips. There are also a number of great resources on the internet. Louis Giglio has a seven-day email thread that deals with anxiety. It's called Putting an X Through Anxiety. Uh, there is a, a very uh, detailed book. It's a little heavier read by Martin Lloyd-Jones, which is called Spiritual Depression. Focus on the Family has an online um, access or online material that you can find. It's called Alive to Thrive. And there's also a very good book for anyone who's looking to do uh, pastoral, what they call pastoral counseling, or uh, working with people. It's called The Pastor and Counseling. The Pastor and Counseling, written in 2015. So those are all good suggestions to use. Of course, uh, the scriptures in Matthew 6, 25 through 34, 1 Peter 5, 5 through 8, and Psalm 142 as examples, as well as this portion in Philippians, will, could really be a huge benefit for all of us as Christians to know God more and by knowing Him,
experience freedom from our anxiety. Thanks for listening.